Lena Sassades, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Julian. Happy to be here. Uh, I describe you as a, a, a corporate escapee. Uh, you have now moved into building a personal brand. You're using video uh, for part of your journey, uh, and you promote the the value of using transparency along this, this journey. Uh, unpack that a bit. Sure, yeah. So the part about being a corporate escapee, so... Uh, it's true. I escaped the corporate world about uh, a year and a half ago. So I was a product manager for four years. Uh, I spent seven years in corporate in total. And so the reason I escaped was I was running an innovation lab as a product manager, basically my dream job. We were coming up with new product ideas, talking to customers, rapid prototyping, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but all good things have to come to an end, apparently. And so six months in, new leadership came in. They decided to scrap our team and basically reabsorb us back into the organization. But at that point, I'd already caught the entrepreneurial bug. And so I wanted to go off and kind of do my own thing and take a break from climbing the corporate ladder and see if there was something else I could make of myself from scratch, essentially. And so the from scratch part is key because when I left the corporate world, I had absolutely no plan and I discovered that I had no identity outside of my job. And so for the past year and a half, I've basically just been building up my online presence, my identity, and just kind of what it is that I want to do in the future. And the ironic thing is a lot of people ask me, you know, why did you become active on LinkedIn? Uh, how did you even get the idea? What did you want to share? And the truth is, honestly, I the reason I did it was because I felt like I wasn't really doing anything that was very profound. And so my gripe with the world has been a lot of people think that you leave your job and you just start a startup and you become a millionaire and it's all very quick. But the truth is you fail for a really long time. And I've been failing for about a year and a half now. It wasn't until a couple of months ago that I finally decided I wanted to do freelance writing and go into coaching and really focus on my personal brand. And so what I learned through that experience is if you are just really transparent of what, what you're doing, it doesn't really matter whether you're, you know, 50 steps ahead or you're some kind of a great, big, famous person. People really appreciate just hearing about the honest journey. And so my mission really is to deliver the journey transparently about, you know, it's you don't just figure it out in a couple months. You don't figure it out in maybe even a couple years. Right. It could take a really long time. But as long as you recount the journey transparently, people will start following you along the way. And because they like what you're saying, they're going to tell you what they need out of you. And so that's kind of been the framework that's that's worked for me. Yeah, look, there's so much we could talk about there. Uh, so let's talk about it. <laughs> Is uh, uh, I want to talk about that identity issue because uh, so many people, it's... There are four levels uh, of uh, commitment, uh, and this is an idea I, I learned from a person named Matt Church, and the first level is money, like you're willing to pay the money to turn up to do something, uh, to start a course. Then the next level is time, because you can pay the money, but you've got to put the time in. But then the next level above that is effort, because you can put the money and the time in, but you really got to you know, go hard at it to make something of it. But the barrier most people get stuck on when it comes to a personal brand or being on video is identity, because you actually have to put yourself out there and say, this is who I am, and this is what I believe and, and think, in, uh, th think about. And so many people are scared of that because it's putting themselves on the record, and they're worried about the repercussions that come from that. Did you experience that, that at all? 
I, I did. I did 100%. And there's one thing I want to mention here, which is probably not going to be very comfortable for a lot of other people to hear, but I'm, I'm very extroverted and not going to lie. I do enjoy being in the limelight, but with that being said, I still freak out when I go on video and because you're, everything is amplified that you're doing. You're, you're, you know, in motion, people can see everything, every, um, every pause, every side glance. And so I think the, the biggest thing for me is really just being comfortable with who you are and understanding kind of your style of communication. So what I started doing uh, years and years ago, what I, I would record these stupid little videos of myself um, talking about bad dates when I was about like 24 or something. I never published them anywhere, but I kind of just started getting into the habit of producing videos just for myself, right? Just even to see how I am. And now I kind of do that as well, where if I go on a video show, I'll force myself to watch it again to see how it is that I look, because the way that we want to be perceived is usually not really how we end up coming off. So it's really important to observe yourself and understand how you're coming off and then tweak. But I think even that is really scary for people. Like I still hate watching myself, but I force myself to do it because that's really the first way to, to be able to move forward, I think. Look, it is the natural human condition to not want to watch yourself on on video. Uh, so, uh, you know, part of that is is what you're suggesting is almost like an exposure therapy. Uh, you know, the the more you see it, the more you see yourself, uh, the easier it becomes. I mean, maybe for some for some people that actually works in a negative way. It becomes harder. But I think the thing that you need to stop and understand along the way is that, okay, you're seeing yourself that way, but so are other people. And what is the negative consequences that are coming from that? And most of the time, it's nothing. Like like all these stories you've told yourself that, that you know, uh, these are the consequences. It's going to be bad if I do this or if I mess up. It never plays out. Have you experienced that? I mean, the only really negative consequences are maybe just not being as clear as you want to be. But I think the important thing to remember is people have a really short attention span and people are not paying attention to you as much as you're paying attention to yourself. Right. And so chances are you throw out a bad video on LinkedIn. It's going to go down the feed. People aren't going to remember because think about it. The last time that you some, saw some awkward video on social media of someone, what did you do? Did you think about it for eight years? No, you probably just did a weird face and moved on and forgot about it, right? So just, yeah, exactly. Just swipe left. And so remembering that you're not the center of everyone's world can sometimes help you avoid feeling like there's going to be some huge consequence to a bad video. And what you were saying earlier as well about uh, the one of the uh, the benefits of transparency is people can see your journey and your process and they they like that. And um, one saying that I use is that people like your people want to see your process, not your perfection. So they're not interested in your success. I mean, there's enough success out there, but they are really interested in, where you are on, on the journey, because that way they can compare themselves against you and also learn from you. Absolutely. And we were chatting about this before we jumped on this on this call. And really at the heart of it is uh, people, people really need to understand that. Um, sorry, I'm just losing my train of thought there. <laughs> Uh, no, what, what you were saying before is people are interested in people who have taken the first few steps 
because it's not perfect. Because if I'm going to try and figure out how to get on video, I'm not going to go pay attention to someone who's a huge YouTube star and has it all figured out like Joe Rogan. I'm going to go ask someone who I just saw is starting to post on LinkedIn. And the funny thing is, is it's a huge differentiating factor. At least it was for me because a lot of people struggle to be transparent. They're scared, right? I'm not saying I wasn't scared, but I think if you can actually be semi-transparent online or at least fully transparent, it's a huge differentiator because a lot of people, especially we're coming out of a pre-COVID age where being polished was really important. Everyone wanted to be perfectly buttoned up and that was the reality, right? But now we're transitioning into this really casual world where you can actually win by just taking literally a video on your phone while you're walking and posting it on LinkedIn. People prefer that sometimes to a perfectly productionized video, right? So I think that was something that helped me gain perspective. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Joe Rogan. I think one of the reasons, uh, you know, he's really successful. I mean, there's many reasons he's very successful. I mean, he's a, oh, he's a very intelligent guy. <laughs> but uh, is it when he's interviewed, when he's doing these processes, he is completely absorbed in the other person and what they're saying. And the lesson out of that is that he's not thinking about himself. At, at, at mm -hmm. all. Um, and when, you know, anyone who wants to get on video and maybe is, is watching this, um, you know, that's a lesson that I've had to, to learn because unlike you, I'm an introvert. Uh, it took me years and years and years to get comfortable uh, on being on camera. I'm really comfortable being on camera now. And part of that is that I'm now looking at you and trying to listen. And I'm not trying to think of my questions ahead. I, I have a list of questions down here. Uh, which is just like a guide in case, you know, it's like a safety net if you're, uh, you know, walking the tightrope. You don't want to fall off the tightrope and crash. You want to be able to get back back up again. But I'm just trying to be absorbed in what you're saying. And the great thing about that is it just takes me out of myself uh, and I can be more self-realized, that self-actualized that, that way. No, I think that's an interesting, interesting insight. And I think it even, I would argue you can apply it to videos where it's just you, where you can't focus on someone else, but really the goal of the video is to provide value to someone and to help someone, right? So it's not about you looking good necessarily. I mean, you want to look good, but the end result that matters is someone is going to take action, hopefully based on the advice that you provided in that video. So kind of taking yourself out of the picture even though your face is all over the video it's 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 a hard thing to do but i think once you understand that it can make it a little bit easier yeah i a term that i'm using more and more now is is a service mindset is the new sexy on on video mm -hmm. you know we're, we're we're tired of people popping up and polished you know corporate type videos that are hollow you know they deliver these hollow promises all the time what we want is just a real person who says, listen, I understand your problem. I'm listening. Uh, maybe I've got a service or a solution that can help you. And if I don't, I'm going to recommend you to someone else. And that is, you know, that's just what we want. We don't want to be manipulated anymore. Mm -hmm. We sort of like had mm -hmm. decades of that and it's, it, it, uh, it's not working. And I like the, um, that's the terminology you used and I haven't heard before, a pre-COVID world. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, the world is 100% different after COVID in so many ways. And I think we're still, we're still seeing the changes come about, right? Because we're still 
we're still in COVID. I don't know about you guys in Australia, but in Canada, like we're still in COVID. So it's still going to change once this whole thing blows over and once all the after effects, you know, reverberate throughout the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to talk about some of the technology you use. I was watching one of your LinkedIn videos. You um, and you use a technique which is very common now. I just call it hard cutting or, or butt cutting. Is where you've just recorded a, a a video to camera. You're talking through things, but along the way you've done retakes. You've stopped yourself uh, and then you just um, cut. You know, at the end of the the good take, and you cut at the beginning of the the next good take, and you just butt them together hard. So there's a little jump in uh, your your positioning. Uh, you know, in traditional filmmaking, that was so frowned upon. You were never allowed to do that. But it actually, actually, it flows on well. This is almost a post-COVID technique. Uh, it's it it's accepted now, but I think it's more than accepted. I think it's really effective. So just talk to that and, and maybe someone out there who's listening who thinks, well, yeah, I can't make a video because I'm going to forget what I have to say along the way uh, about how easy it can be. Yeah, absolutely. So on the topic of doing kind of like the cutting of the video, sometimes it can look a little unnatural, but I think the key there is you're basically making it so that people don't have an excuse to click away. Because as soon as you pause, people are going to click away. And I kind of got that tip from uh, Shay Robottom. She's like yeah. a big video, video person on, on LinkedIn. And that's kind of her secret. That's why she says a lot of her videos get watched till the end, because as soon as you're pausing, people wonder, can I get value somewhere else? Because we're competing for their attention, right? And so in terms of actually doing the recording, um, the tool that I use, not for the recording, because I'm taping together a bunch of different solutions all together, I do the recording in, in Photo Booth, which is really bad. I need to get a proper camera. Again, you don't need a proper setup to just get in video. Just get on it, record on your phone, do the photo booth thing, like whatever you need to do to get out there because you're going to suck for a bit. So just use the tech that you can. But for the editing, I use Descript. Uh, absolutely amazing platform. They're, they have a desktop app and a web app. And so they actually transcribe all your video, like what you've said, and then you can basically just delete words. I think you can even remove all the like ums and ahs. That's a feature with the paid version or something. Um, but the thing that I learned a while ago, I was watching YouTube videos about people who make YouTube videos and it sounds so obvious in hindsight, but what the girl was saying was I don't just perfectly record a whole thing. I don't even perfectly record pieces. Sometimes I'll just keep recording. So the camera is just rolling. And sometimes she's like for a 10 minute video, I could be recording for 45 minutes if I just end up messing up my words. And so just that kind of behind the scenes. So again, this element of transparency is really empowering to people because if I go out there right now on LinkedIn tomorrow, for example, and I say, Hey, you know, my first YouTube video, I recorded probably for two hours and I had to cut out a bunch of stuff and I just kept messing it up and repeating and laughing and repeating and just doing that over and over again. That's the reality, right? So someone now knows that and they're like, okay, well, that's, that was what I was worried about, but this person who's already doing video, that's their problem too. So it's not that I suck. It's just, this is the reality of it. Right. So I think it's important to, to know that the pros aren't perfect speakers at all times. And there's a lot of editing that goes behind the background and a lot of just silly laughing. So the Descript you're using, are you using the free version? 
I'm using the free version, actually. Yeah. Okay, that's brilliant. I I, I didn't realize yeah. that they had a free version. I'm gonna go and yeah, check that out. Yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah, yeah, transcription. I think about three hours of video transcription they offer, and captions, and you can add images that appear at a certain time. You can add gifs and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And it's what I've noticed is that um, I, I play around with a uh, well, I have uh, subscriptions to a number of different platforms because I want to test them and and be able to. Um, you know, give that feedback to to uh, viewers is how in uh, transcriptions have gone from being not very good and we're into this exponential curve on them now. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but within the last six months or so, uh, captioning and transcriptions uh, with AI have got so much better. Uh, it used to be, you know, I would get, you know, what I would say like an 85% success rate, but it meant I really had to look at the script, you know, the type script and and make, you know, uh, look for errors. And now it's just a quick scan through. Um, it's got so much better. That's funny. I'm learning so much. Again, newbie to video, I don't look over my transcriptions, which is probably terrible, but sometimes when I'm rewatching the video before I post it, I notice some things and I don't know whether it's because I speak too fast. I'm trying to speak slower. So maybe the transcription doesn't pick it up accurately, but it's, it's definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's improved, but I find that it's still a little bit iffy, but do you, do you edit a lot of it or? No, no. The, the, so the, the, I'm using a, a software called content fries which what it does is I can take the lot. So it's what I'll be using with this video at the end of this video is I'll go back through it and I'll chunk down little sections and, and, you know, make them into a little square video with the transcriptions below. Um, mm -hmm. The software and that for the transcriptions is so much better. It just comes up and it, mm -hmm. it highlights what it, what it thinks are errors in red. And so I just have to scan. Oh, wow. But what I've noticed is that unless it highlights it, I've got a hundred percent, confidence that it's correct uh, nine well nine percent nine, uh but it's very very good so i mean Is to give, give an example i was doing it yesterday and the only errors it makes uh i said a 30 second video and it wrote 32 nd video like the 30 second oh, video in, you know not the 33rd fair. video so you know there, there, there are some errors it's going to make but it's incredibly good and but what you're using it for and it, I, I, it is so useful because um, you can look at your script and go through and make a video just based upon script. And for mm -hmm. a lot of people don't don't understand this. Is so I, I worked in television uh, for for decades, and uh, in uh, factual documentary work. And there's a program in Australia called Australian Story. It's been going for over 20 years now. It's a, a weekly documentary program, very, very highly regarded. It's TV. It's a visual-led medium, but every program is actually made on paper first on a script. They go through all the interviews, which are transcribed, and literally cut the script together and then the pictures are put on top of the script. So even though it's visual-led, it's a text script-led program. And that's mm -hmm. the importance of uh, what you were saying before about getting that message across and getting your clarity uh, concise. Because if you don't do that, <laughs> it gives that you know mm -hmm. people that that option now uh, to mm -hmm. to go off. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So the content fries use the free or paid version? I use the paid version, but, I, version, but the okay. reason I use a paid version is I got in early and got the lifetime deals. So mm -hmm. anyone who's, mm -hmm. who doesn't know about AppSumo, uh, you need to know about AppSumo. AppSumo mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. a platform that takes startup tech uh, uh, software businesses and uh, to help them give that boost up, they, they offer these incredible lifetime deals generally for something like $70 or something and uh, so mm -hmm. uh, I get in and take a lot of these just because I want to see which ones are going to fly which ones are going to be useful mm -hmm. and to me it's mm -hmm. a worthy investment of $70 right I mean I, you know I could spend that $70 just on a meal somewhere and it's gone uh, so mm -hmm. uh, exactly, our con yeah. content fries was one of those and it's proved to be uh, yeah, a, a, a good investment yeah, good to know. I will be checking them out for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I just want to ask you uh, about uh, any video tech that, that you've used that's either surprised you, disappointed you, frustrated you, anything? So pretty much all video tech just makes my blood pressure go up. So just ask my husband. It's a disaster. My husband's in music production, so he helps me a little bit just a little bit because I get too, I get too crazy with it, uh, which is just a testament to the fact that honestly, it's, it's tough. And it's important to just be aware of the fact that you don't just go on and create your first amazing video in a snapshot, like it takes work, you need to kind of, you know, bash your head against the wall for a bit, which is the case for most things. But I think some of the tools that have really delighted me honestly have been descript i i was blown away by the fact that you can just delete words and it'll edit and i find the way they edit and stitch things together is pretty seamless unless you're really you've moved your head or something but typically it's it's really clean you can't even tell it's been cut uh some of the other tools i mean i was really happy with capwing i don't know if you tried capwing no. They're a web-based video editor. Really nice. Very easy to use. Didn't bash my head against the wall, so highly recommend. Um, and then in terms of disappointed, uh, I'm a little disappointed by the transcription. Again, edit this video and tell me whether it's me speaking too fast or maybe I have a weird accent or something, but the transcription's a little tough. Uh, that's been a little bit disappointing, at least for my videos. Uh, the other one that I've just got to kind of rip one into is iMovie. I just think their UX is terrible and I don't understand how people are still living with iMovie. But again, I'm very impatient. I, I'm a stickler for bad UX, so <laughs> I'm not to be trusted. But I think, yeah, overall, though, honestly, I've, I've got to say it's it's definitely not quite that easy yet. I think, you know, video production, it's, it's hard. There's a lot of tools. There's a learning curve. Throw in the fact that you have to watch yourself over and over again. It can be a really painful experience in the beginning, but again, you just have to power through it and the rewards are, are infinite in my opinion. So following on from that um, and tying that in with your message of transparency, which also equals authenticity, one of the dangers a lot of people getting into video face is exactly what you were saying there, that it is tough and there's, there's many moving parts in, in, in video uh, and it is getting easier. But with so many pieces of software online which promise that all you've got to do is, is 
put your message into our software and we'll put, you know, some really, you know, uh, engaging photos of dogs, you know, heads out of car windows with their ears flapping and and people will love your videos. But in fact, it, it, it doesn't. All it does is pump out pulp. It's all, it's just like visual spam. But there's, it's very tempting for people to think, look, I need to get into video. Uh, I'll just get one of these pieces of software. Uh, what advice would you have for them? I think one of the things that trips a lot of people up is the right equipment and it's the software, but it's also the hardware, you know, do I have the right mic? Do I have the right camera? And I mentioned this before, I think just don't even worry about that. It really doesn't matter because the truth is your videos are probably going to suck in the beginning. It doesn't matter what tech you have at that point, just get it out there, start recording. Uh, I think one thing that I recently kind of was reading about is usually I think social media is a better place for less production ready videos because it's a feed, right? Like it kind of ends up disappearing, but your website, this is real estate that's more permanent, right? So maybe if you're going to try and do video, I would say start with either social media or emails or something somewhere where it's just, it's going to go away. You don't have to you know, you don't have to invest into some kind of really high quality video that's going to sit on your website for a couple of years. Um, I think the other part of it as well is don't don't ask for advice from people who have it all figured out because you're going to get overwhelmed. I did that in the beginning. I chatted with someone who has the whole green screen. They have their mic. They uh, it, it's got like a little thing on it. So it doesn't look like a mic on the video. So it's like really polished. And they had all this crazy tech and they were doing live streaming. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't do this. So just follow someone who has literally taken the first few steps and see exactly what they're doing. And just just try kind of one tool that you've heard is really good. Do a really simple video and just get started, I think. But but the most important thing is don't expect it to be amazing because it's not. And that's OK. You just have to kind of get started. But I'd say focus on focus on social media because that video will kind of eventually go down the feed. So you won't have to freak out. <laughs> So what you're saying there is uh, is so important because most people, when they want to start video, do what we all do. We just go in and type something into Google. How do I make a video? It's a great experiment for people to do because go in and type it into YouTube and then have a look at your first couple of pages of results. I guarantee you it's going to be populated with 18 to 35-year-old males and they'll be holding a piece of it technology. You either need this big lens or this microphone or this or that. And so people think that to get into video, you need to have the right equipment. You need to have all this knowledge. What you were saying about, you know, that person trying to hide the microphone. Uh, I see that all the time in there because what people do is get information because, because people want to be feature filmmakers. They want to make Hollywood films. And uh, you've got to hide a microphone in a Hollywood film because if it's in the 1800s, they didn't have microphones back then. You don't want anything that's distracting from the storyline. And so it's important. But when you're not doing uh, uh, dramatic uh, work, having your microphone in is irrelevant. Uh, yet it is made out to be something that's really important for somebody who's wanting to get in and make a social media video. Uh, it, it has no relevance. So that was more a rant rather than <laughs> than a question. Hey, Lena, if people want to work with you, uh, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, best place for me is LinkedIn. So Lena Sardich on LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Lena Sardich on earth, so it's not hard to find me. 
And then also my website, lenasasvardich.com. So I do freelance writing and I'm also building out my first ever personal branding coaching business. But before I let you go, I do have actually one tip for people who are trying video for the first time that I forgot to mention. And this is kind of uh, related to my whole gripe with the world and how the world doesn't really accept failure as much. If you're going to try and do video, you're probably going to mess it up. Instead of just hiding that and now freaking out about the fact that you messed up your first video, just write about it. Literally. I know that sounds easier said than done, but just write about it. Be like, hey, these are the five mistakes that I made with video. I guarantee you, instead of people being like, oh, look at this person, they don't know anything. They're actually going to look at you as like, oh, this person sort of has it figured out. And they're actually going to start contacting you for advice. Like literally, this is what happened to me when I first wrote about my failed entrepreneurial idea. I thought everyone's going to be like, what? what a loser, you know, couldn't even start a startup. But instead, people are like, hey, how can I validate my idea? How, how would you go about this? What did, what did you think about this mistake? So even if you're going to mess it up, just share your learnings, document them, because you're going to you're going to attract people who are who are two steps behind you. And that's going to further motivate you. Yeah. And I mean, that's it's, this is so central to the problem out there, because we've come out of this education system which is binary. It was, you know, you were taught there was a right answer and a wrong answer. And if you got the wrong answer, no, you're going to stay and we're going to reprocess you through and through until you get the right answer. And so then we just kicked out of this education system and, you know, good luck with the rest of your life. And we take this, this thinking through. Uh, and then what you were just suggesting there about to write about your, well, yeah, and even failures is the wrong word, but it's descriptive to, to write about your failures is great because it's, uh, again, you're showing people your process and that's what people want to know. It's the same as when we're, you know, we're in any setting and they go, hands up, who doesn't understand? Of course, you know, no one puts their hands up, one person does, but for every one person that puts their hand up, you can guarantee there's another 10 or 20 in, in the room who are just 100%. afraid to put their hand up. And this is what, this yeah, is the yeah. power of when you talk about transparency. There's so many people wanting to know about this, but we're just afraid to, to, to show our, our, our cards. 100%. Yeah. Got to normalize showing our cards. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Lena, it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Julian. This is great.